March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the My Bookie Bracket Contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes, and it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My Bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the Zabecast, replacing a giant in coaching is a daunting task. The successor to legendary coach Morgan Wooten, head coach Mike Jones, is doing just fine, thanks. We lured Coach in for a delicious power lunch at the Palm and talked coaching, the NBA, his basketball idols, and the perils of the ride home. Your 45-minute dose of me and Iowa-born TV sports legend Carol Maloney is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Thank you for downloading. We will get right into it. Since we're in basketball mode this week with the tournament in between weekend number one and weekend number two, I got to say, Carol did a brilliant job of reaching out to coach Mike Jones of DeMatha, a guy who has filled impossible to fill shoes at the Catholic powerhouse in the DMV, and a guy who has helped deliver a number one, number one pick to the NBA plus multiple other NBA players and international pros. The more we talked, the more my eyes were open to the issues in high school and college basketball and coaching that I truly had never considered, including the coming 2022 nightmare for high school seniors. The time he got a guy cut from his team in Finland by scorching him for 33 at halftime, and why the three scariest words for most coaches are, the ride home. 
Very good. Okay, good. When, when uh, Carol said Mike Jones, I first thought it was Mike Jones, NFL Mike Jones. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, DeMath is Mike Jones. I'm like, yeah. that's perfect yeah. <laughs> since we're in the meat of uh, college basketball. Yeah, thanks yeah. for agreeing yeah. to come no, out. No, I think. Thank you guys for the invite. He Coach, does the good hugs. to see you. He does the hugs. I do the candy. No. No. <laughs> nobody wants to hug me. Carol, they want to hug you, for God's sakes. So we're fresh off Monday's bonus games, Carol. And I got to tell you, I was all about, I was Coach, I was saying, I like this new format. Friday through Monday. Monday is going to give us some bonus basketball. I love it. I love it. I love it. Then Monday came, and I was like, yeah. Feels weird. Well, next did week, it feel weird to you guys? Yeah, and next week you have uh, Monday and Tuesday. I know. We get Tuesday games yeah, next I week. I didn't get the the memo that it was changing until the brackets came out, and I saw <laughs> a lot of Monday people. And I saw there were no games on Thursday, so or at least the the first four games weren't normally the Tuesday, right? So it was it was definitely weird. I, it didn't feel right, Carol. It felt odd. I love it, though. I'm so in love with this tournament. But you're I not working right now. You had all day yesterday to watch the games. No offense. That's the problem. <laughs> I usually have covered this tournament. I yeah. followed Maryland. I followed Virginia. Um, and a number of the local kids, sometimes NBC would send me. So this is like, I'm having the best time. It's I'm embracing it because we didn't have it last year. It seems like such a bonus. Yeah. Mike, you've been coaching at DeMatha since 2002, and you took over for a legend. Yep. How was that? Kind of daunting. By the way, your record is pretty sharp still. Uh, 808 winning percentage. You're what, 500 and 119 so far? Well, 511 now. 511 now, right, because yeah, you had yeah. 11 games this yeah, year. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So, uh, what happened with the schedule this year for you guys in the uh, uh, WCAC? Um, so we basically we were in that same boat that everybody else was in that we weren't sure we were going to be able to play. Uh, our league coaches got together, uh, did a couple of – I guess you would call rehearsals. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of scrimmages to show kind of what our protocol would be and how it would work. And the league allowed us to have a season uh, with the preface that we would stop on Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know, so most of our league got a chance to play this year, and we we were happy to do so. And for my many listeners outside of the D.C. market who don't know DeMatha or don't know the situation, they're going to say, wait, why did you have to stop? And the answer is because they didn't want to put the pressure on the kids that play more than one sport. Um, they wanted to give everybody a chance to have a season. So right. the winter sport was uh, winter sports were January through halfway through February. Fall sports are now and they'll go to the end of March and then spring sports will be April and May. How many of your kids play football? In addition to basketball. So we actually had three of our players this wow. year that played both varsity football and varsity basketball. And they're both these nationally ranked teams. And that's the thing. DeMatha football is also nationally yeah. ranked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jason Moore is probably the most famous guy that we have. He's only a sophomore, but he's like been offered by Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, everybody. Wow. And In what? Uh, deep, uh, in bas- Excuse me, in football. But he's incredibly <laughs> integral to our basketball team. So... A young man like him would have had a pretty bit tough decision to make if we overlapped. And, uh, again, I'm I'm happy that we were able to play. We wanted to play more, but yeah. it would not have been fair to a guy like Jason. So. I thought specialization was such that basically nobody played two sports anymore. Not true. No, not at all. And there are some schools that actually we encourage it. Like, you know, our basketball players are so much tougher when they play football, number one, and then number two. For guys that come in that have grown up, 
being really good at more than one thing. Like, who are we to tell them they have to choose one? Like, we don't know where they're going to be able to go and right. that big-time scholarship that they possibly can get if they work hard. Like, who knows which sport that'll be in. You know, maybe it'll be both. You know, Jason is somebody that, you know, everybody's looking at as the quote-unquote next Chase Young. Like, Oof. who are we to say, hey, you got to choose? So, right. So What's what? his name again? Jason Moore. Jason Moore. His brother is coming Justin. to a backfield near you <laughs> yeah. soon. Look out. His brother is Justin Moore, who's the sophomore that starts uh, for Villanova. So, right. basketball. Right. So, yeah, we've we've been really good with the Moore family. How do you keep up with all of them? I know you have so many in the NCAA that you've coached, the USA Basketball and also DeMatha, yeah. and, then, and then going on to the NBA, a number of the players, what, six NBA that you've yeah. coached? Yeah, I try to get DeMatha to pay for my cable bill sometimes, <laughs> the NBA league pass, but I haven't been successful getting them to do that yet. So, But it's, it's pretty cool. Like, we've been blessed. What's the recruiting process like now here during the pandemic? Oh, that's... It's all screwed up. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't think people really realize how bad it's going to be. Um, you know, you see the transfer portal, so many names, but I don't think people, like everybody thinks the class of 2021 is going to be the most negatively affected. Um, that's not true. No? No, it'll be next year's class, the class of 2022. Because? And so uh, I'll try to give you the short answer. Yes. So this year. Uh, going into next season, the proposal, and I don't know if this has been announced yet, but the proposal is the University of Maryland. If you've got four seniors on your team, those four seniors can return next year. Right. And you that's do That's set. Yeah, that's not just a proposal. Well, that is but the, all. But the proposal is you can use those four scholarships extra for those four young men. If they decide, if one leaves, then you only get three extra. But a year from now, it all goes back to the Ooh. normal number. Ooh. And that is going to put a huge squeeze because everyone else still has an extra year. So potentially next year, everyone that's in college basketball could still be in college basketball, mm. plus the freshmen coming in. A year from then, you're going to have the seniors that have left. But then where do, like, that number goes back to what it was. So where do the scholarships for the juniors come? Right. You're pretty much putting your hand in the stream of talent that goes from high school to college, and it's going to create a bit of a train wreck here. Yeah, a bottleneck that, at least as of right now, there has not been a solution that so has been proposed. Dreams and livelihoods, right? That's yes. Just, this is going to mess a lot of people's futures so, up. Like, again, so what do you if, think? If, what you, did... if you think about it, when they first announced that they were going to give everyone an extra year, there were a lot of people to say, oh, that's great, that's awesome. but Not for a high school senior in 2021. And, and or and not or twenty twenty two twenty twenty twos are going to be. Oof. It's it's I, my heart breaks for them. Because you, I can tell you're already you can already see it coming, and you already know the heartbreak that'll be from a kid who should probably get a scholarship somewhere, who's going to end up without one because of it. And the other part to that is, which again I don't think everyone realizes, colleges right now, especially mid majors, they don't want. High school seniors. No. Because of the transfer rule. If I've got two scholarships available, I'd much rather have a kid transfer down a level from an ACC school to a Conference USA school or CAA school. So Why? Because they're a veteran. And my job's on the line. And they're ready <laughs> right. to play right away. They don't have to sit out. So instead of me getting a high school freshman that maybe I've got to Work develop, with. I can get a kid that's coming down Plug and from play. Virginia that oh can my. go. 
Um, and, it's like free agency in college basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's great for us, Carol, as fans and media. It's a nightmare for coaches and, watch, and for the kids. Watch what happens. You're going to have, with there being no penalty for transferring, you're going to have so many kids that I'll go to American University and I'll do great as a freshman. And immediately you're going to have all those people in my ear, you should transfer to a bigger school or right. a bigger platform. And so coaches are going to have to recruit their players and then recruit them again to stay. <laughs> and you're going to have to do them. that every year. And that's, yeah. it's again, a lot of things have changed that people would say for the better, but I don't think everyone's looking at the total right. picture. So. Okay, now I got that to look forward to. Like, just, it, the problems keep mounting right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it, hey, you know, they, we're going to have to, everyone in the system is going to have to manage through it. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of things are not the way they perhaps should be. And to get to where they should be, you got to go through change. But this is a lot of change all at once because yeah. the transferring with no penalty for pretty much anybody is a radical game changer. And, being able to come back with no penalty an extra year is a radical game changer. And? <laughs> and? Yeah, other, you got an and, I got an and. Uh, Give me part, your and. The other part is, so you have the seniors this year mm-hmm. that are all graduating, but because they didn't lose a year of eligibility, they can now, again, that grad transfer is, like, everybody's <laughs> a grad transfer. Golden ticket, yeah. So I've had, like, Kellen Taylor, he spent his first four years in, in college basketball and football. He played both at Duquesne University. He did not play his senior year of basketball to concentrate on football. He transferred to the University of Albany this year to play basketball as a grad transfer one year. Now he's in a position where he can go to another school because this year didn't count. (laughs) And every other senior is like that too. So if you are a big that played on a mid-major team and you know, a big-time college, a, a Power Five conference needs a big. And, again, they're in a position where they want someone that can play right away. Yeah, I played four years at, you know, Mike Jones University, but now I can go to Georgetown. I can go to Maryland. I right. can go to mm-hmm. Virginia and spend one more year. And then add one last layer of complexity with the pandemic and reduced incomes and money to schools, it's going to put a real squeeze on scholarships. Yeah. Like the mid- this is the low perf- majors, especially Carol. Perfect storm. Yeah. You got the perfect storm, unfortunately, for a real challenging year or two. Yeah, is some coaches will really benefit from this though. Like some coaches are going to get an influx of veteran talent, which we're seeing in the NCAA right now. That is just crucial for success this time of year. True, but I guess the disheartening part for me is, like, I literally have had coaches tell me, "Hey." We love your 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 senior that you're trying to get to come to our school, but I have to win next year. So right. I'm going to wait and see what happens with the transfer portal first. Yeah. And so you have kids that would have made decisions long before now yeah. that will be going into May and June without still without knowing where they're going to school next year. Yeah, wow. it's wow. tough. I, I didn't even think of that. These I are families who are who are hoping and counting on a scholarship to maybe have their first kid in their family go to university. And that is now going to be radically changed, at least for the short term. I hope it works out. Uh, it's, it is the system the way it is, and, and it's going to be a challenging two years. Let me steer it towards the basketball and towards what we saw last night, Monday night's games. Notably for Maryland, they got their doors blown off yeah. by an Alabama team that is really, really they good, just, Coach. They couldn't miss. They no, they couldn't, couldn't miss. miss. But Nate Oates is one of these guys, Coach, that says – 
the mid-range shot is for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I want layups, dunks, or threes. Pick one. How do you like that style? Do you play something similar at DeMatha? Uh, I, I won't pretend to coach like NATO coaches. <laughs> That's he, fine. He is he is a former high school coach. Mm-hmm. His story, I think, is very well known. I mean, he is someone that I think we all look up to that are high school coaches because of his his path. Um, his teams are very exciting to watch. Uh, yeah. You know, he's actually recruiting a couple of our kids that – I mean, I think they would fit great in, in his system. Like, it'll be up to them where they decide to go. But, like, it's it's amazing to watch them. Don't uh, discount the defense, though. Yeah. Like, they defend their rear ends off as well. And being able to defend and then go down and just – I think the best thing about Coach Oates is he empowers his kids. Like, they will shoot the ball and not have a conscience about it. It's right. not, as I'm going up, is this a good shot, is this not a good shot – He's empowered them to shoot the ball. And they made 16 threes last yeah, night. Most Maryland, oh, yeah. Maryland six in a row. One point all season, just and they, boom, I boom, think boom. they hit almost fifty percent from the floor. Yeah, overall, yeah. I'm don't have the stats in yeah, front of me. Well, it was sick. The, what what he has going there, and I love the fact that he said, you know, they asked him about Alabama being a football school, and he said, "Well, I look at it as we're a championship yep. school." Yep. <laughs> and he says, "Football makes a lot of money, Carol. Yeah, and we're happy to spend some of it." <laughs> on the basketball side. And they are spending, you know, facilities matter. I also believe, Coach, that this matters to kids on the front of the jersey, the name Alabama. And that is a blue, that is a cachet Tiffany brand in college athletics, even though basketball has not been at football's level. I got to believe some of your kids, kids all around the country are watching that game going, oh, yeah, I'd love to play there. I mean, it's right now, everyone thinks they're a pro. Like yes. every high school player, even the, the the guy that sits at the end of the bench, he thinks he's going to play. Every one of your guys thinks he's a pro. Hey, it's, it is what it is. I thought I was too. So, <laughs> and you, you know, were. Yeah. Well, not Overseas. quite. To the, not the quite. That's still a pro. That you got pro. paid to play basketball. Yeah, it's a pro. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing for these guys is you get to watch that, and I can play in that. I can shoot. I I can right. I can play for a coach that gives his guys the ability to do that. What they don't see is how hard those guys work, how right. tough those practices are in right. order for be, for them to be able to perform like that. And that's that's the part that gets missed. You mentioned about your influence on what you think would be a good fit for your players. I was wondering that actually, like, because they have so many voices, you know, talking to them about it. You, high school coaches in general, you with your experience, what do you think your influence level is on kids and where they go? So I will be upfront and honest about that. It 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 goes from family to family. Mm-hmm. Um, I let families tell me upfront what they want my influence to be. Uh, take Markel Fultz for instance. I found out what Markel Fultz was going to college when everybody else did. I had no idea. Um, I've had other families who, hey can you go on to visit with my son because we don't know what we're doing here really? and then everything in between. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it depends on the family. Um, I don't tell anybody where to go. Uh, that is too tough of a decision. Um, that would be totally discounting mom and dad and their ability to tell their child where they think is the best fit for them. But um, obviously when I'm asked questions, I will answer as honestly as I can. I will be the bad guy. A lot of times when you want to know something from a college or university, I'll be the one to ask the question to mm-hmm. get an honest answer from them. So um, it, it's it's tough. 
it's it's tough and it's such a huge decision in these young men's lives yeah um you you have to be there for them but you're only allowed to be there as much as they want you there can so. I hijack the show real quick? Keep going. I'm listening. Markel Fultz, because he mentioned Markel Fultz. Oh, I've got Fultz questions for sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. So funny. You want to tell? Well, we had a good time. Yeah. We, <laughs> had, we had a great time. That was, uh, that was one of the, my fondest memories, to be able to see a kid get picked number one. Thank you guys for having Thanks. me up there. And uh, we, were, we, we were able to celebrate what Markel had done to that point. Um, and that, that was pretty cool. So, New York City. Yeah. So the draft. You were there. 2017. Uh, we just happened to find out we were both there, which, of course, made sense. So his Markel's high school coach um, who once cut him in high school. <laughs> and now he's you the, did, huh? We yeah. was potentially the number one pick. We all thought it would be the first number one pick in this area since the 70s. I can't remember. Yep, Is yep. that right? So uh, so afterwards, we had lined up a one-on-one with Markel's mm-hmm. You know, a local station coming up to cover him, and I had talked to his mom earlier, and then, he, and so I had Coach Jones in the wings, yeah. like hidden behind people. So Markel's just people everywhere, and they bring him over. He sits down, and he knows me because I've interviewed him before, mm-hmm. and so he was kind of like a familiar face. Phew! So we're having fun, and then I go, "Well, there's one more question in the back." <laughs> <laughs> and here comes his high school coach, Mike Jones, walking up, surprised him, and he said to you. Well, I said to him, I said, the last question is, what do you think that guy that cut you back in your <laughs> sophomore year? Uh. So, um, his reaction, I'm sure because the cameras were on, his reaction was one way, and he probably wanted to say a little bit more. But uh, the one thing about Markel, great kid, um, is doing so much uh, in the community, um, off the court, um, and and was on track to have one of the best seasons he's had. December, for the Magic, he was yeah. There's money. Is he hurt again? Uh, yeah, he yeah. tore his ACL. Yeah, yes, so played, played eight games uh, this year, is uh, <sighs> averaging just about 13 a game and uh, on a nice trajectory and cut short by injury. So, as people know, Markel was the number one, number one pick uh, by the Sixers who traded up to yep. get that spot yep. and then had a real hell of a time getting going because of what? A shoulder injury, I heard? Yeah. Something else. A shooting is, form they tried to They were change. working on a shooting form. That's that's all conjecture. Who knows? Like, okay. and, But I, he was hurt. He was yeah. not healthy enough to play. And Philly turns bad. You know, oh, it does. It, 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 it turns bad. Philly is full of savages. And, you know, and I, my wife is from Philadelphia, but I say that all the time. <laughs> They're sports savages that eat their own, Carol. They're yeah. unbelievable. And so to be that guy and to not perform right away, it's a well, very tough inf- environment. Well, again, Markel to them represented the end of the process. Like yeah, it was this, the last piece to the puzzle. The, the, and when it didn't go smoothly, right. it all fingers pointed at him, which was clearly unfair. He was a Sam Hinkie pick, right? Yes. Yeah. And that guy, that guy's name is Mud. I can say this now, but I ran into Markel Fultz at DeMatha's football championship game against Gonzaga, the greatest high school game ever played, when the sixth lead changes in yeah. the final minute 30. And um, and Markel and I were talking, and we took a picture, and he goes, will you not post that? Because the 76ers don't know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I, he was kind of suffering through an injury, and I just he just left – Philadelphia without permission to come watch his yeah. alma mater. But the biggest thing for him, though, is when you see what happened when he had to change the scenery. You see what happened when he got out of Philadelphia and got to Orlando. Confidence came back, got healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a totally different player now. Yeah. Uh, you, you've heard today, Carol, the uh, the chirping about 
you know, good old uh, Turge at Maryland and is it good is it good enough and you know what should they do and everything else. Tough business, ain't it, coach? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know how you guys feel about Coach Turgeon. I do not understand the criticism that he gets about just what he's been able to accomplish at Maryland. Right. Um, it is a great job. Been to the tournament how many years out of his 11 now? So like 10 of 11? It's been quite uh, a bit. Something crazy. Yeah. I mean, Man. he goes every year, which is no small feat given that Indiana – Kentucky, Duke, all missed this year. Yeah, Louisville. Um, Louisville I thought his missed, yeah. I thought his best team was last year too. And unfair and then that they, they didn't, didn't get, get a chance get to in. play. Yeah, but I mean, a couple years ago they started out. They were preseason number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's gotten McDonald's All Americans. He's developed pros. Like you look at Bruno Fernando, you look at Jalen Smith, you look at Kevin Herter. Like what I understand, everyone should like a level of excellence should be demanded like you want to go to the final four you want to be relevant but coach turgeon i believe has done a terrific job i diagnose it as this is a hoops hotbed and a lot of local talent leaves and yep. we see him succeed in elsewhere hunter dickinson you know is seven foot freshman that got out of town i mean a lot of local coaches can't get him to stay here but why do we lose so much great talent so again i attribute it to you go back to kevin durant and Kevin Durant was what everybody still looks at. Everyone looks up to Kevin Durant. Every youth basketball player looks at Kevin Durant like that is who I want to be. He's right. from Seat Pleasant. He his his upbringing was like this. I like everyone really believes that they can do that. Well, Kevin Durant left there to go to Texas. He could have stayed. He didn't, mm-hmm. and he wound up being. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, like, exactly. And then a year later, Mike Beasley does the same thing. Mike Beasley goes to Kansas State out of the area and blows up. So I think in that mindset, it kind of started a trend of at least the, the way youth basketball players thought. And going away was the thing to do. Everything is cyclical. Mm-hmm. There will be a time where all the stars in the area will want to stay home. When will that trend start again? Who knows? But, I mean, it has happened before. It will happen again. And, honestly, I tell everybody, like, if they are able to stay here, it makes all of us high school coaches, it makes our job easier. Sure. Like, I would love to be able to just go up the street and watch our kids play. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it would be awesome. Like, instead of having to watch on TV, I can watch in person. Like, who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Every program gets rated from their home area. Around the country, and Absolutely. that's been going on for a long time. So you can't just put a wall up around your state and say no one's getting in here. You know, we got the internet, Carol. <laughs> Kids got cable, planes, they, they, right? We got planes, yeah. cable. They're playing in in tournaments, right, Coach? That take them all over the country at fourteen years old, and relationships get formed there, right? Where these guys, shoot, I want to go to college with you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't really take that into consideration either. If you and I are, you know, I'm in D.C., you're in L.A., and we play on a camp team together and we have such success. So, you know, social media allows us, we can communicate daily, and we become really good friends. And we say, hey, we we want to go to the same school. Well, am I coming to L.A.? Are you coming to D.C.? Are we going <laughs> to meet in the middle? Right. How are we going to do that right. and, and form these teams? Well, the thing about criticism of coaches when they lose in the tournament is that for the typical sports radio caller and for many hosts, they don't account for the fact that randomness and luck and being one and done in a tournament 
cannot be accounted for. I mean, sometimes you have a night. Alabama had a night last night. Mm -hmm. I am fully confident that Coach Turgeon and his staff had a plan for Alabama. The plan didn't survive everything going in. Absolutely. And it unraveled quickly. You have those kind of a nights. Plus, as a 10 seed, you're playing a 2. That was not an unexpected result. So people's expectations, they don't know what should be the bar. Like, is having a loaded team that's a one seed that loses in the Elite Eight, is that better or worse than having a marginal nine seed that goes to the Sweet 16 and overachieves? Answer, I don't know. Because either one is not a bad result. You're a one seed that gets to the regional final and you lose. It happens. You're playing good teams. So if you're Maryland, I'd be careful because there's a lot of pressure on a lot of schools right now to get a coach, to get the next guy. And there's not enough next guys out there that are real sure things. Here's the problem. Right? There are four double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16 this year. Is that a problem? I mean, that's, that good? it's a problem for other teams like Maryland who are like, man— other teams are getting it done. Other schools, and that's not even well, including that's, Loyola yeah. Chicago, which sure. is an eight, not a not a double digit. Sure, season. but that's just straight envy. That's just it is. literally spite, going. I want what they're envy. having. Yeah, it's like me looking at your Instagram, yeah. Carol, going, "What a great life she's got." <laughs> we all know that. I haven't fake ass. I Instagram haven't posted years. in a while. If that tells you anything, <laughs> <laughs> this pandemic has not been very good to me. <laughs> I mean, Butler is dying to get. Brad Stevens out of the NBA. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Indiana is scrambling right now, Coach, and they're trying to find Marquette is now in the same boat as well. Mm-hmm. Whew, you've tough got, deal. You've got all of these teams, and you said it very well. Like you, Every fan base wants what another fan base has, and it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, right. think about all the stuff that Georgetown was getting this year in terms of criticism, and then they go on a run. Right. They got hot at the right time. They make it to the tournament. Like, does that change all the feelings that you had before? Or, like, it, it, it's college basketball is crazy. Yeah. But you know what? That's why we love it. That's what's so, so great about it. Can we play a quick game of Cinderella or Contender? Okay. You guys ready? Let's go. Like, Loyola Chicago, it's an eight seed. But are they a Cinderella or a Contender? I believe they're a Contender. They're a Cinder Tender. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little bit of both. How about that? Yeah, and I are mean, they cheating Cameron? With their- they're cheating with Sister Jean. I'm convinced of that. Put her on probation. <laughs> the biggest but, thing with them, though, is like there was not a normal season. Like the seeds this year are all jacked up. They are. Like they would have been totally different if we had the normal non-conference leagues playing each other and things like that. We weren't able to do that. So I, in a normal year, there's no way Loyola Chicago is an eight seed. Like they're a five seed or better. Yeah. How about Oral Roberts, 15 seed, Max, but Ace Miss. I yeah. finally found out who A-B- he was. A-B-M-A-S pronounced Acemas. Acemas, no problem. Unlimited range. They call him Mid-Court Max. Yeah, yeah, he's he's special. Wouldn't yes. it be great if it was Loyola Chicago and Oral Roberts in yeah. the Final Four? Yeah. That would possible. be great. <laughs> Whose God is better. <laughs> so so Acemas, I read up on him, Coach, and he was a lightly recruited two-star guy that didn't get very many offers. Yep. And he has just an incredibly pure stroke, shoots from anywhere, I'm thinking this is a this is the generation that grew up watching Steph Curry, mm-hmm. 
and watching Steph Curry on YouTube, they're like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, shooting has gotten way more lethal, hasn't it, in the last 20 years? Absolutely. Why is that? Better technique? Guys are practicing harder? What is it? it uh, trainers. Trainers, okay. Like, you know, everybody, five-year-olds have trainers. Really? Like shooting you have, coaches? You have, like, if you have the right trainer. Okay. Like, and I, honestly, I think that's something that, you know, skill level, like, when I played, the skill level was you know, maybe at a college level for the generation before me. Right. Now that same skill level is eighth grade. Really? Like if you're an eighth grader now and you're getting ready to go to high school, there's certain things that you're going to be expected to do that 10 years ago, there's no way the coach would have expected you to be able That's to do. fascinating. And, and why is that migrating downward? Because... Trainers. But, but because is it because kids know... I want to go to college, I want to go to the NBA, and I'm going to start digging in earlier in life, whereas kids used to be kids back in the day? Well, you look at it, an AAU tournament when I was 12 and under, we won a national championship in Seattle. There were 48 teams there. You go to a 12 and under, 12 and under AAU tournament now, you're going to have 1,500 teams there. What? 1,500? Yeah. It's It's <laughs> – the way grassroots basketball has changed is is unbelievable, and right. it's something that again, it, it's helped the game develop, and it, it puts a premium on skill level. And right. shooting is a skill that, as I tell kids all the time, as long as you shoot the ball, somebody's going to want you on their team. Carol, when you were coached, what did they teach about shooting? Because my coaches in youth basketball said, elbow underneath, there you go, square feet, good luck, kid. That was it. That was the extent of it. I had um, look at. I can't remember when it was, but I got coached all the way up through college. Yeah. But for me, I had to hold it. You had to hold the finish. I had to point the hand. I had okay. to flick the wrist right. and hold it. Because I see a lot of guys and women um, snap it and snap it back. Yeah. And you got to you got to hold that finish. <laughs> well, that's, that's for the flair. Worst, though, that's for is, you. No, no, strutting. it's not flair. It's, I mean, you can hold it for flair as you run back. Or you could do the three. I just hit a three-pointer before it goes in, which I've done and missed as you're like. Did pe- you really? pedal and you're like, Whoa. Yes. Because <laughs> you know the way it leaves your hand when it's going in. You have the right arc, enough air under it, and you see it yeah. going right in there, and you're like, got it. And then it misses. <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing for me is to see what you guys are talking about right now. And for a kid that has a trainer and then has a parent that played and then has a high school coach and then has an AAU coach, if they're not all on the same page or if they're giving this kid four different sets of instructions, yeah. that's what messes kids up. Yeah. Like, And if I'm telling a kid, hey, this is the way I want you to shoot, and then he goes with someone else and – they tell them, no, this is the way you should shoot. And yeah. then, like, who does the kid listen to? Carol, here's you right here. Yeah, Have you yeah, seen I this video this. clip here? It. No. Here we go. <laughs> See how she didn't oh! hold her wrist? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> well, I made it. Well, if you I blame my guy him. right here because he totally let her believe that he, yeah. he sees it not getting oh! it. He sees it. He doesn't say <laughs> anything. Toilet totally pulled out. <laughs> I made it. I made, I made it. it. All right, back to you in the yeah. studio. That's such a local TV thing, Carol. But you see how she didn't hold – if she would have held her wrist there, she probably would have made that shot. No. She it's snapped no. it back. She no, no. snapped Outside it back. Outside double rim. It's the double yeah, rim. Thank you. Right. Time. Right. Coach has it. These things, they don't give an inch of flex. They're the hardest rims going to their double rim for playground stability. Yep. Uh, so that thing, that thing has got to be perfect to go in. I think there's that car- is so embarrassing. There's carnival games that are easier than these rims outside, right? Absolutely. Oh! Some reporter I, from some, some local reporter oh, somewhere. Thank, yeah. thank goodness, I kind of had the ever all my 
not all my mistakes. I'm still making them, but thank goodness we didn't grow up with viral yeah, videos. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely. Play, oh. Playing outdoors makes you tougher, though, doesn't it, Coach? Did you yeah. play outdoors growing up? Absolutely. All the time. Like that every do, day. Do any kids now, though? Well, again, so they did the documentary for in, Basketball in, County. In the water. Yes. Basketball County in the water. And it was spoken about in this. And I truly That's PG look, County. Yep. That has produced Durant. Who else? Everybody. 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 We'll keep going down the list. Jeremy Grant, Jaron Grant, Quinn Cook, okay. Markel Fultz, Got Jeff it. Green. Right. Mike okay. Easley, Nolan Smith, like everybody. Look, look for it. It's called In the Water. And it's about Kevin Durant, PG County basketball. Okay. He produced but, it, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. But if you look at what happened, my generation grew up playing outside. And that was also when drugs started to really get bad in this area. And it wasn't safe to play outside right. all the time. So parents, but you still got to do something for your kids. So yeah. you go drop your kids off at rec centers. Right. And that's when the AAU boom and the you know leagues like that boomed. And so now... There's so many kids that are not used to playing outside. But I'll tell you what happened this summer. Unbelievable. There was a huge movement because gyms were closed. So you couldn't get inside. Right. But it was a retro kids year. wanted to play. Yeah. And there were so many things that happened outside. Like there's a league that uh, my man Ricky Goins runs that's called We're Outside League. Like that, the league is totally outside. And like there's a movement. So oh. it's going to be really interesting. To we see. got security here. Uh, Keep talking. I'm going to go talk to security. I'm listening. It'll be really interesting to see what happens this summer when things are back open. Are they going to force people to actually be in a situation where are you going to go inside or are you going to go outside? And, I, you know, I hope the kids continue to play outside because it does. It, it's something for the difficulty it is. Yeah, do. I could never hit my outside shots outside as yeah. well. There's just not enough depth, you know perception my yeah. everything was off the wind i never felt like i had good outdoor games but in the gym you know i felt like i could light it up from anywhere drive us the corner. okay oh my gosh we're, this is the first time we've really taken it on <laughs> the road mobile. <laughs> um, we park here every week and we've never had a problem though so oh, wow. this uh, is this uh, must be me yeah he asked about coaches and someone uh said what's you know the great advice i wanted to tell you it's so funny because um then one thing I never learned was giving up the good shot for the great shot. Like, yeah. I just wanted to light it up. When I felt like I was feeling it, I wanted to light it up. And uh, and sometimes I miss when I thought I made it. What um, What's your, like, you think your number one advice? Uh, well, it, it, it depends. That's all situation. I think what you're talking about, you know, there's something called one more in basketball where, mm -hmm. you know, it, it happens in every game and the best teams with ball and body movement, I think that would be the one thing that I would say. If kids can learn how to play without the ball in their hands as much as they do with the ball in their hands, yeah. that is the best skill that they can have. Um, you know, I, fortunately, I get to talk to NBA people because they want to do background checks on our guys or guys I've coached at USA or guys I've coached against. And it's, it's an unbelievable thing for me to be able to do that. And one of the most impactful conversations I had this past summer was with the LA Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks at the same on the same call and they were trying to impart to me how important it is for kids to be taught how to play when they're not the man and what they told me and it makes perfect sense if you're on the Lakers who's going to have the ball all the time yeah. LeBron James yeah. if you're on the Dallas Mavericks who's going to have the ball all the time Luka Doncic like if I'm getting drafted this year and I'm getting drafted by the Lakers or the Mavericks, 
I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to go and then all of a sudden LeBron is going to say, yeah, Mike, you, you go ahead and take it. Or Luca's going to say, yeah, Mike, you go ahead and take it. I need to know how to be just as effective without the basketball in my hands. And guys that grow up playing with other good players is a huge advantage. And that's why you have some guys, when they get to college, they struggle even though they're really good. They struggle because they've played without other good players and they've always been able to shoot when they want, dribble when they want, and everything like that. But you have guys that have played with other good players, their adjustment is is immediate. Is that a mental kind of uh, just discipline? Is it basketball IQ? Do you need to watch a lot of games to be able to really kind of embrace that role to yeah. be able to know what to do as a sidekick? You, you need to play. Um, it is definitely an IQ thing. You cannot... Like, it's not something you can just say, well, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to be a great teammate today. Like, it's something you have to actually rehearse. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't go perform on Broadway without doing rehearsals before. Like, you have to study your craft. And that's, again, part of what I don't think everyone truly understands with the game of basketball. You cannot just say, hey, I want to be a good basketball player, so I'm going to work hard. Like, all these kids that, you know, they work with their trainers 90% of the time, but they always have the ball in their mm -hmm. hand. How does that transfer to having four other teammates on the court with you and you don't have the ball in your hands all the time. <laughs> you have so. to know where you're going, what you're doing. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. Cancerscreenquiz.com. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the My Bookie Bracket Contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My Bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And, and we are back, and Carol. Back. He How drove us doing? around the block. <laughs> First time in what eight weeks we've yeah. been chased from that spot. <laughs> hey, you know what? Security's doing their job. I don't blame them. That that's all right. Awesome. We're we right had around. A great the conversation with that. I know. See, that's what's so great. I turned into so the great. man. I turned into the man. <laughs> I ran into foul trouble, and then Carol, you just you took go. it from there. <laughs> I, I rode the pine for just a little bit. Yeah. Who uh, Who is your favorite player back then, Coach, and now? 
in basketball. So growing up, favorite player, and then favorite player now. Okay, so I'll name two for growing up. Uh, Len Bias. Yeah. Um, definitely my favorite player. I grew up. I had a connection with Adrian Branch, the math guy. Adrian right. Branch actually taught me how to play. So I would go to Maryland games to see Adrian play. Nice. But it was number 34 was the guy that caught my eye. You're my age, right? I'm 52. I'm 47. Okay. So Almost my close. age. Right. And then Carol's 32, by the way. Jim. Forever. Yes, forever. forever 32. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my so my bias. was 45 10 years before she was 45. <laughs> there and you go. she's still 45. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> All right. But, so uh, Len Bias, growing up, how about your favorite player now? Well, I, I want to okay. throw in because who really impacted me was Drazen Petrovic. Wow. Um, great shooter. One of the toughest guys to ever play. Um, foreign guy that I did not know about until he got to the NBA. And he fought his way to become an all-star. Um, one of the first European imports and one yep. of the first European non-big man imports. Yep. So in college, I wore number 34. And then as soon as I was able to change my number, I changed it to number three. Okay, so, sweet. Because of those. Because All of right. bias and How about now? Uh, I mean, anybody to play for DeMatha. So, okay. I mean, I'll go with that. But if if you made me choose a non-DeMatha guy, it would be it would be Kevin Durant. Okay. Um, mm. Just because he represents who we who we all are. Right. With your Damasa guys, though, how do you keep, like, I mentioned that before, but do you look at the tournament and say, okay, I got this, I have yep. all these games? You Because you imagine you're coaching, you're watching, you're just, you have a life hey. outside of Damasa. <laughs> well, usually it's it's at Damasa and I'm in my office and I've got the TV on and I've got the iPad on and I've got my phone on just mm -hmm. in case guys are playing at the same time. This year was a little bit easier because I could sit in my on my couch in my living room and do the same thing, but... Like, you know, last night I wanted to see Maryland play, but I also wanted to watch Michigan. So Michigan was on the television. And then when the Maryland game started, I had that on my iPad uh, in front of me so that I could watch both. So, Who are your coaching heroes? Huh. Everybody that I played for, Oliver Purnell and Jeff Capel being the most, obviously Morgan Wooten, that would yeah. be the easy answer. Sure. Um, but guys that I did not play for that I just look up to. Honestly, Nate Oates would be one. Mm -hmm. uh, Leonard Hamilton uh, would be another because they've been able to do it at such a high level in non-traditional places. For a long time, too. Yes. Leonard's been at uh, Florida State for 21 years now. People don't realize how old Leonard Hamilton is. Well, he looks still looks good, though. Yes. He yeah. was old 20 years ago when yeah. I was watching him. Yeah. 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 And, I, you know, you look at him. I mean, he coached the Wizards for a couple of years and wasn't very good. No, it was um, a bad situation, but right. you know, th that team has spit out a lot of good men. Yep. As coaches, so and, you can't judge him on that. And I truly, that's when I you know, learned to respect him and watch the way he kind of did things. And then for him to go to Florida yeah. State and do what he's doing is unbelievable. What was the hardest basketball dream that died for you? Uh, I mean, I was good enough to get, I played, I, I signed a free agent contract with the Indiana Pacers out of college. And where'd you um, go to school? Old Dominion University. Okay. So um, I got to play against Michael Jordan uh, in preseason of their 72-10 and 10 year. Did you cover him? Yes. Three. How'd he do? So, great story. I come across MJ once every two years. And every time I see him, I tell him the same story. I guarded you for three possessions. You did not score. You didn't shoot it, but I count that as 0 for 3. And every time I say it, the first thing he says, and hopefully this is okay, yeah. every time I say I, I played against you, and he says, and I bust your ass, didn't 
So, and I have to remind him that no, you no, didn't. you didn't. But right. it was preseason. You were scared to even shoot, Michael. Yeah, well, that's what I think. I had you on lock. It was preseason. He was just like, "Hey, I'm going to get a sweat out here today." And who's this little guy guarding me? So, but so in that same game, uh, Dennis Rodman get, falls down in the lane, and I have my one chance to score. And I'm going, and like literally, he falls down. And I go up to jump over top of him to lay the ball in, and he sticks his leg up and oh. trips me and falls. No fouls called, and that was my one, like, literal chance to score in the NBA, oh. NBA game. And Makes it me happen. hate the worm even yeah. more. Yeah, so. But then you, you played around the world a couple different places. Where yeah, where'd yeah. you play? Uh, favorite place was Portugal. I played in uh, Finland. I played in the Dominican Republic. played in Hong Kong. Um, I, I I had a good. Career. Is that it or more? Just four countries? Yeah, four. And I work I with a guy here. Yeah, I work with a guy on the Milwaukee station, Brian Butch, uh, from oh, yeah. uh, Wisconsin. Yep. Does stuff for Big Ten Network, and he played in like nine different countries. Some of the craziest stories of playing international basketball. Of course, he would have loved to have made it in the league and got a big contract, but he says the 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 life experience of being in different places was remarkable. Makes you appreciate so much. Yes. Um, like I said, I loved Portugal. Loved it. Though I stayed in Lisbon. I stayed literally 20 minutes from the beach. Nice. 20 minutes from downtown where all the clubs and everything were, and 20 minutes from the golf course. I know yeah. you love that. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I literally, my teammates, so my team had five Americans on the team because three of them had married other uh, nationalities, so they didn't count. So you were only, at that time, only allowed two Americans on the team. So we right. literally played golf every day. Nice. Wow. Until yeah. they found out. <laughs> Until they found out. And our coach yeah. literally made us promise that we wouldn't play or he was going to fine us. And That's funny. Then we found Why? out that there was because what? it was you're not allowed to do that. You're a professional athlete. If you get hurt playing golf, then you can't. Hurt playing so, golf? Hey. Tear a muscle. That, I know, mean, it's we, pretty hard. But Achilles on out. the trap? You know, you're like, I've heard that happen. But yeah. we we'll literally walk. found out that the starter was the snitch. Like every time we showed up to play, the he starter like, would call oh, our head God coach. Sakes. And by the time we got to practice, Come on, our man. coach would be like, you know, yeah. what's the deal? Yeah. So. But you said in uh, so a lot of these leagues, they cut players after each game. Yeah. Like, it's game to game. So, he said he had to go up to some 13th floor office to try to get his money from a team on a contract. Just him. No agent. Two, two quick stories. One. A very famous Duke player. I won't say his name because this isn't a flattering Just between story. us. <laughs> <laughs> a very famous Duke player. We're playing each other in Finland. Um, I'm not guarding him, but he's guarding me. At halftime, I had like 33 points. <laughs> he had like 28 points. Okay. But again, I wasn't guarding him. Right. He didn't come out of the locker room after halftime. <laughs> like he literally came out in sometime in the third quarter. Street clothes. Like, and this is my... This is it in my home court with his bag. <laughs> like they cut him at halftime. So that's international that's, basketball that's for what you. They can do. And then my last season in Finland, I left. My dad had. I came home for Christmas. I took my dad back with me. I just retired. He was getting on my mother's nerves, so I took him back with me. He lived with me. Well, when the season ended, I was ready to go home. Like they owed me like four months worth of money. And I was just like, yo, I don't care. I want to go. And he was like, I'll stay. <laughs> and my dad stayed until they gave him Paid, the money, and then yeah. he came back. Nice. So, but I was able to leave, <laughs> yeah. and he loved it over there. So, Back to the <laughs> Duke great. player you don't want to be 
No. Did he go on to play for another team? I'm going to do some investigative report. Oh, now you're digging in. You're like, <laughs> okay, was, I got to go check. Was he, it the end of his career? No. No, okay. he was two years older than me, and that was my first season out of college. Yeah. So, no, yeah. he, he definitely continued to play in Europe, but I felt so bad. I mean, oh, you it was gotta, almost like, hey. You got to give me and Carol one one pull of the one pull of the, the wheel. So, William Avery. No. Okay. Carol, when your well, name I mean, comes to you, throw it out there. You're talking about a famous Duke player from back when, like, we were famous. talking about. They're on TV so. more than Leave it so to Beaver, said 90s, Pete Gillen. Early 90s famous Duke player, right? Yeah. And it can't be Christian Leitner. No. <laughs> no. He, I mean, didn't, he, he, did, he, he didn't, never he played, played, played overseas. Yeah, he never played overseas. So, is it <laughs> wait, oh, someone on his team? Carol. What? I'm giving you tips on the Jumbotron. I don't know. It's probably I, none I of them from the 91 them. Was team. Was it 91? Yeah. Uh, whatever. You know what? I, I think. To, by I th- the way, I was playing then, and I, I used to watch Duke religiously, so I know that of team course. well. Of course. Yeah. Right. I, I think what it was, it had to be, Coach, is that he had 28. He didn't care that he gave up 33. Probably didn't even know that he gave up 33. No. He probably was just like, I got mine. Well, the problem is, I mean, I scored 61 in the game. Wow. Like, I will remember that for the rest nice. of my life. That's the highest I ever scored. I scored 61 in the game, and so it's not like they put somebody else on me and they did a better yeah. job, So and we won big. So, Did you ever talk to this player about it after the Other fact? than when he walked out, and I know where this is audio, but when he walked out of the locker room, I looked at him and did like this because there's a fraternity amongst the Americans over there. I put my heads up, and he you like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. I'm out. So Sorry. Like, At wow. halftime, well, there you so, go. Like, I'm just too good. Yeah. Well, that's no, great. it wasn't. Trust me. He was a much better player than I was. It just, I don't know. Like, I'm assuming there was a conversation had, and maybe he didn't respond the way the coach wanted him to respond. Right. Yeah, that's where right. it went. So. And All right. that's the thing about this sport. You just don't. I ruptured my Achilles. Mom's league. Post-playing yeah. career in college. So did I. You don't know when your last game's going to be. Nope. Ever. It can be any time when you're little, when you're in middle school, when you're in high school, when you're in college. If there's a pandemic, boom, that was your last yeah, game. Yeah. All right, Power Lunch is calling here at the Palm. Looking forward to having that. Uh, book your reservations at the Palm in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Power Lunch, very affordable, good selection of items. I recommend the Shrimp Parmesan, which is a new item on the menu. Before we get to that, big finish, your final question, Carol. And then I've got one last thing to throw by Coach. I get a final question. Final okay. question. The most imp- – I know you want to say your favorite player because you have so many, but who did you see as either a freshman or sophomore and was the most improved over the time at DeMatha? You have one that stands um, out? I, the easy answer is Markel. Um, because he was just an unknown prospect, really, as a freshman. You cut him from the varsity team as a sophomore, right? Yes. And then he was, like, nation's greatest by... Yeah, I mean, and he wasn't... I, again, to say Markel was unknown, like... like I, he was we, unknown to me. Yeah, we... <laughs> was, you know, somebody who, like, followed yeah. it a little bit and... Yeah, we've had, you know, obviously, Mark, a lot of things went right for Markel, but the one underlying factor in everything he's ever accomplished is his faith, and his work ethic. Like, yeah. those are the two things. that, And it's not like when he was in the ninth grade, he didn't have those things already. Um, he it's shot just, up a foot, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he definitely grew a lot. But, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he, he earned everything he's awesome. got. Go. And no one can take credit for that. A side note, did not finish his career. Like, literally, 
I posted this picture the other day because uh, Joe Hampton. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who that is. So Joe, no. Last Chance You. Have oh, you ever heard of the show? Have not heard of Joe Hampton. So they just did their first basketball team for that. Joe Hampton played his freshman and sophomore year at Dematha. Transferred, went to Oak Hill his junior and senior year. Mm. And everyone, you know, Joe's going to be a pro. Yeah. Um, he's had some difficulties, and he's on Last Chance You. He's the star of Last Chance You. Oh, okay. So to, like, I would recommend, like, there's so many lessons in there. It's It's wild. Like, you know, if you've ever seen The Last Chance You football, I think basketball is just so much more intense because there's not helmets on their faces and it's less kids. Right, right. So, um, but I posted a picture. This is Joe Hampton and Markel's sophomore year. But it's Joe Hampton was the MVP of our varsity team. Markel was the MVP of our JV team. And then Sadiq Bey, mm-hmm. who transferred from DeMatha and spent four years at Sidwell Friends, Spent four, uh, three years at Villanova and was a first-round draft pick of the Detroit Pistons this year and is starting for the Detroit Pistons. He was the MVP of our freshman team that year. And to see the three of them, but to see Sadiq, who's the tallest of all three of them, is like 5'7 in the picture. And then Markel's like 6'1", right. 6'2", six six and then Joe's like 6'6". Six six. And to see them, stay, I wish I could recreate that picture to sure. watch what they all look like now. It's it's unbelievable. All right. Last last question. Only has to be a minute answer. I'll preface it by saying it's great that you said Drazen Petrovic was one of your early idols, one of the first European imports. I think, Coach, one of the most beautiful things about the game is how it has flourished worldwide and has produced all these kids growing up saying, I love that game. I want to play that game. The Manu Ginobili's, Luka Doncic now from all over the world. That's the best part of basketball. What is the one thing about basketball that you think it has to be very careful right now as a sport to guard against to make sure the game is in good stead at all levels? Wow. That might be one of the best questions I've ever, ever gotten. <laughs> I was just wow. like that. Maybe too deep. Is there one thing you coaches talk about a lot with each other about, you know what, we got to keep our eye on this because I'm worried about it? It's It's – I mean, the easy answer is, you know, you will hear coaches. One of the biggest fears we have as coaches is the ride home. The ride home. And what we mean is when our kids that are just played in the game or practice with us, was just in the locker room with us and heard all the positive energy and team-oriented speak, and then you get in the car, what is that all about be? you. Ooh. It's why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? And from the parents or from friends, whoever or whoever I've been blessed. I've, I've had great parents. Like I've very rarely had an issue with parents, but this is a problem in our game. And whether it's the influence of, again, as I mentioned earlier, someone else who coaches them or someone else who sees them as a commodity and I can get in on the ground floor and, you know, be someone in their ear or I'm a, you know, I love Old Dominion University. Mm-hmm. So, and there's this kid coming up in the area that, you know, I would love it if he went to Old Dominion University. So, all of a sudden, I'm going to befriend him, befriend sure. his family, so that when it comes time, I'm in close enough so that I can say, hey, what about the Monarchs? You know, what do you think about, you know, it's close enough to home? And, like, there's just so many people that have agendas that yeah. kids are kids. Like, they don't know that. They don't see that coming. And 
It's it's the it, ride home. The ride that is home. that is profound, Carol, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's a dangerous thing whether you win or lose because sometimes you win and the kid does great. Then you get the whispers in the ear that can be destructive and lead a kid down the wrong path. Or if it's on the negative side where it's like, why didn't you do that? Or they're talking shit about you as a coach. Oh, absolutely. That happens all the <laughs> all time. All the time. But I expect that. Right, you expect that. ABC yeah. had a, a, a show that they, they did seasons of, and every season was a new season. But one season was about, you know, centered around a high school basketball team. And in the show, Regina King was a mom, and her son, best player on the team, is in a game down one, and he gets double team, and he passes the ball to his teammate. His teammate makes a shot at the buzzer. They win. And the dad and the mom are next to each other. Andre 3000 is the dad. Mm-hmm. He's cheering and everything. And the mom's face was just stone so, cold because so, she wanted her son. And then they cut to the car ride home. Oh. And she literally, the kid is in the back feeling great about life. The dad is driving and the mom goes, why didn't you take that shot? Oh. And the kid goes, because, you know, my teammate, my teammate was open. Yeah. And she goes, you were supposed to take that shot. Oh, boy. And the dad goes, hey, chill out. Like, they won the game. Like, what's the problem? And, like, her face says it all. Yeah. Like, you have to go to college. You have to do this. You have to do that. And you passing that ball is not going to help you do that. Mm. And, like, winning is being devalued. So the car ride home deals with that. That's the bottom line. Winning being devalued. Carol, you and I are going to get a treat because we get to talk basketball with Coach um, over lunch. I know. So the con- the conversation will continue. So but thank you for your time today here in Absolutely. the uh, Mobile Strike Studio, and uh, let's go eat. And I'm going to ask you why um, you're not a college coach yet. That's just oh my god, fair. Okay, right? get get get, yeah, get a you, couple course meals, get some appetizers on, okay, and dessert you. for that. Well, I want to tease something else. Yes. I definitely want to have a conversation about the University of Maryland, though. Because oh. we get all the we'll do. Get all we the, get all uh, the crap about do. you know why don't Dematha guys go to Maryland and why has it been so long? I, and I wanted like that, to ask so. it in a very soft, gentle no, way. But I, that's I, what I, I tried don't, to. I don't hide from that at all. Like again, I just think. Can yeah. we promote a, a camp for you this summer for those listeners in the D.C. area? Let's do some promoting, Coach. Yes, I would love that. So we just don't know yet. Um, oh. It's all going to depend upon the protocols. Right now, we are scheduled or trying to schedule the start of camp to be June 21st. At Dematha, and we will have five weeks of camp. Uh, Markel Foltz potentially will hold his camp nice. at Dematha uh, August 2nd through the 6th. But we have not publicized that yet because we still have to wait yeah. on the county protocols okay. and what we're allowed to do. His guy goes number one. We have a big celebration afterwards. He has to take a midnight train home because he has camp in the right. morning. Midnight train to Georgia. And I thought, you can't even go out with our NBC crew and we hey. can buy you a hey. late meal to celebrate. And he's like, no, i got to go coach basketball at 9 a.m. And then two days later, Markel was at camp. And you should have seen the kids' reactions. Like, literally, you had six-year-old kids saying, I want some of his DNA and then just trying to touch <laughs> Rubbing them. Like, exactly. it, it was unbelievable. And Markel loved it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Very good. Let's go eat. For the record, our conversation at lunch was even more fascinating after we stopped rolling. And Coach Jones gave a very clear-eyed defense of current Maryland boss, Mark Turgeon, who was on the hot seat. As unpopular as that might be for some rabid Terp fans, he laid it out in pretty convincing fashion that you're going to be hard-pressed to find somebody much better. Suffice to say, DeMatha Catholic is in great hands with Coach Jones, and any kid recruited to play for him is lucky to call him coach.
Thank you for listening, and thanks for trusting me to deliver thought-provoking guests that maybe, just maybe, you say, oh, I don't know who that is. Really? And then you listen to the episode and then email me going, that guy was awesome. Thanks to Carol for making it happen. Also to the Palm for the Power Lunch. Book yours today and make sure to tell them we sent you. Rate and review. Tell a friend. It helps the cause. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday. And we will see you next time. March is here and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes. And it's only a dollar to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use promo code ZABE to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And make sure you use my promo code so they know I hooked you up. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to CancerScreenQuiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to CancerScreenQuiz.com now. CancerScreenQuiz.com dot com.